If you need healing to go, just claim, just claim your healing right now. He paid the price. He paid it all for you to walk in fullness. He paid it all for you to walk in wholeness. So he's here. So sickness has to go in the name of Jesus. Praise will never be on my lips. You will be praised. 
Good morning. It's great to be back here. You guys make my cheeks hurt. <laughs> We're so blessed, and isn't the Lord amazing? You know, a lot of the things that, that David was sharing in the worship is like what he's speaking to each of us, really. You know, I was seeing the angels. I was seeing somebody's shoulder being healed. And the Lord really convicted me a few months ago of to never say that, well, you, there's one or two angels. You might see one or two angels, but I believe each of us has many, many angels that are around us. Some are warring angels to go before and prepare the way as the Lord gives us favor and grace and discernment to know where to go and when to go and divine strategies. And there's ministering angels that will comfort, uh, uh, sent by the Holy Spirit. And then there's other angels that are there to prepare, um, provision, uh, all types of whatever we need. There are angels there. And so I pray that we get fresh revelation of what's happening in the unseen realm. Just a few days ago, I had a dream in the middle of the night, and it was uh, uh, I was sitting on a hillside with some good friends of ours, and it was sunny, blue, we had great grand vistas, and we could see far away. And right in the middle of the scene, the heavens opened up, and I could see into other dimensions, and I could see other galaxies and planets and stars and what was going on, and it's like, Lord, what's this? And then he began to show me what's on some of these exoplanets and in some of the galaxies and what they mean in the cosmos and for us. And it's just a time of increasing revelation. And don't you want that? You want to receive all that the Lord has. And, and I was thinking, too, just as, as David talked about uh, the scripture in Matthew about Jesus, a few months ago I did a video teaching on, uh, I think it's in Matthew also, and, and Jesus' own words, he said, you have heard it said, but now I say. And the word is alive, and the, the word of God comes off of the page and into our spirits. And we can study and read year after year, and we're continually learning. Each time we can get something new, something fresh from it, but then, every now and then, you get like this um, cathartic, life-changing revelation. And when I read that of what Jesus said, you have heard it said, but now I say. It's like that life of Christ comes and transforms us and changes us. And you know, we think we see or we think we know, but we, we know and we see in part and we prophesy in part. And during worship... I want to release a prophetic word. The Lord is preparing you in this place to receive the masses of hundreds of thousands of people. As you uh, enter into his presence and you surrender and yield and you lay down your life for him in prayer and travailing prayers and intercession, the people will come, the people will come. Get ready, the people will come. You know not when they'll be here, they could come. In the middle of the night, they could come in a crisis, they could come in a tsunami, they could come in a war or a famine or a crisis in the large cities, but they are coming. And he's preparing your hearts to love the unlovable, 
to love those that you didn't think you would know about or that you could see. And they will come from many backgrounds and many, many tribes and nations, and you will welcome them here as this harvest is being prepared for you. Open your homes, keep your linens ready and your towels clean, and get your tents, buy sails on tents, and put them in the fields when the time has come, because these fields, these roads, these woods will be filled. The cows will have to move to make room for the people that are coming in, and they will come, there will be a great move of God, and as people enter into the abysses of this valley and these mountains, they will be healed, and they will be touched, and they will be falling. They won't need a pew to fall out of, they will fall out of their shoes as they stand on the holy ground that the Lord is preparing in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've been following the, the youth group that went to Dominican Republic. That's exciting. Uh, Ann and I remember we met uh, Veronica Fritez in the 90s up in Virginia, and we sent her down there in 99 or 2000. And it's just amazing to see the Lord grow through her. You know, we're all um, flesh. We're all human beings. And but Veronica has been faithful, and we've seen the Lord move many times. I remember years ago being with Veronica in their inner city, and we would go door to door winning souls. And it was we'd be surprised if we came out of the house and somebody didn't give their heart to the Lord. Because even if one or two was saved, there'd be other family members that weren't saved or neighbors that would drop in, that their hearts were tender. And Veronica has a great heart of worship, a great heart for evangelism. And I remember one time we had a a rental van uh, there, and we were in the inner city, and many were coming to be saved. And I remember a little old lady, like in her 70s, came up, and she said, uh, you know, through Veronica translating, uh, can I be water baptized? And I said, well, have you repented of your sins and given your heart to Jesus? She said, yes, seven years before. But no church would baptize her. And right across the street from Veronica's first church in the inner city, there was a, a sign that the government put up, and it's called the Devil's Sewer. And we used to take teams down along this creek bed, and the sewer would run through there and, and water. And 10,000 people lived along the, that creek, right in the inner city of Santo Domingo. And the people have shacks, and the men would be out in the daytime playing cards. But at night, it was known for prostitution, for drug addicts, for all types of ungodly behavior. And I remember one of the first church services we were at there, in that church, this little girl, like four, six, seven years old, came up and asked for prayer for her granny. And we said, what happened to her? Oh, two nights ago, she was bit by a rat. And uh, a few days later, we heard that the granny died. So we think we have problems. We think we have challenges. We are so blessed. Even the poorest of the poor in America are among the richest in the world, worldwide. But it's a time for anticipation, and it's a time for activation. The age of a spectator church is long over. That was never God's heart. He wants to, to see us revived, and we talk about revival, and I'm going to speak about revival today also. But revival, I feel, belong, begins in us, in our hearts. It won't spread around us or to a nation, let alone a city or a community, unless the fire is not burning and raging 
passionately in our own hearts. So we're going to share some um, pictures in just a moment. I want to pray. So Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for each one here hungry and thirsty for more of you, Lord. We just want to open our mouths, Lord, our, our spirits, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, Lord, and just drink in your holy goodness, that new wine that forever satisfies us. And you keep pouring and pouring and pouring. Lord, help us to, to grow in wisdom and stature, Lord. And we, we speak to all the fivefold ministry gifts, Lord. And I love that scripture in um, uh, Ephesians 4 where it says of the fivefold ministry, until we all come into the full stature of Christ, that even the fivefold is temporary. Missions is temporary. But in heaven, we know that worship will be eternal. And Father, we just thank you for these hearts of worship, preparing with eyes on eternity, our eyes on Jesus, Lord, that we look past our circumstances, our situations, any trials, Lord. And you, Lord, your word says to rejoice when we suffer tribulation, to count it all joy when we have trials. Lord, help us to, to grow in wisdom and discernment strength. And Lord, we believe today we can walk in the fullness of your joy. We're, we're tired of the old. We're tired of the stale. We're tired of the death in Egypt. Lord, we thank you for the life that we have in the promised land. Lord, and that we can stand today, not in our own righteousness, because it's like filthy rags, but Lord, we step in to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, you see us as whole and you see us as holy. And Father, we release the faith of God, not just faith in God, but the faith of God, Lord, that we can speak to those things that be not as though they were. And we can see with eyes of faith what you see, Lord, that we break through the doubt and the unbelief and the, the fear, Lord, and we speak to the life and the fullness and the joy that we have as we rejoice and we call you Lord. The Spirit and the Bride say come. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a great day to save lives. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's a great day to acknowledge that our life is saved only by the grace of God. Okay. So we can start the uh, slideshow. There's the first pattern that the Lord is making all things new. We're each born with a mission from God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you're a missionary. He says to be still and know that he is God. But when it comes times to put our faith into action, he says, go, go into your town, go into the byways, go into your neighborhoods, go into the nations as he calls you, and thank the Lord that he speaks to us. Do you hear the rallying cry of God's trumpet call across the earth? May all who have spiritual ears listen up in these days. Angels and heavenly beings, armies, along with men, women, and children of faith are marching to the cadence of the roaring vibrations of heaven. Do you feel that wind? Do you hear that wind that's blowing? As heaven invades earth and the highway to heaven is going up, as we read in Isaiah 35, 
The volume of the sound of many boots on the ground grows louder and louder. As you're going about your daily lives, it's not just a, a daily life. It's a holy life as the Lord is forming you and shaping you into his character, into his integrity, into his image of Christ for the days ahead. It's, it's preparation. And everywhere that you go, your, your steps are taking ground for Jesus Christ. And you release that vibration from heaven. I was sharing with a friend last night, and she works in a local restaurant here. And she was talking about how when she first started to work there, it was kind of dirty. Their sales were down. They weren't making a lot of money. But she's been there, and she's had a, an influence even without praying directly for everybody. But your presence makes a difference. Let them not see us as individuals, but let, let uh, Christ increase so that we may decrease. And these boots on the ground, that volume, that roar worldwide, I'm blessed to, to go and see and experience the Lord moving in many nations around the world, everywhere we go, in, in Myanmar, or India, or Ecuador, or South Africa, um, it's like it's building, it's building, it's intensifying. Evil and darkness is spreading, but then the glory is rising up through through those trials. And like we read in Psalm 91, even a, a thousand may fall at our left and ten thousand are our right, but it won't touch us. And when the Lord says it's time to come home, we go home rejoicing, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So listen to this. The Lord is trusting us to trust him more in these days. Amen. You know, I think it's in Deuteronomy. It says God created evil. Why? So that we'd have, a, a, for better words, a point of context. So that we would choose that we must choose whom we are going to serve. He gives us a free will, but yet he ordains our life. And it's, a, it's like these mysteries of heaven of like, okay, we have free will, but he knows every step that we're going to take. In Psalm 139.16, it says all the days of our lives are written in his book. And he invites us to come up here, Revelation 4.1, come up here to see what he sees so that we can get a glimpse of the script of our destiny that's already written for us. How do we align and cooperate, die to self, and walk with the Lord in the fullness of his joy? He invites us to do it. Will you receive the invitation? We receive it. So he's trusting us to trust him more so we may see and live. John 14, 12 why not now? Even greater works than these shall you do in that day. By faith. It's not because of who we are. It's only because of who Jesus is. And we preach the cross and Jesus crucified. The Lord spoke this, uh, highlighted this scripture to me the other day in Second Samuel 5.24. And when you hear the sound of marching, in the tops of the balsam trees, remember that? Then you shall pay attention and act promptly. For that time, at that time, the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. And we're getting glimpses of this. Here's an example. 
You know, a few weeks ago, it was a sad day when New York passed the late-term abortion bill. Then Virginia's talking about it. And then here, the top three Democrats in Virginia are, okay, you want to do that? Here's the light. <laughs> Blackface in the 80s. Um, uh, you want to do late-term abortion in Virginia. And, and the governor, who's even a doctor, I, somebody said he was a gynecologist, a pediatrician. Pediatricians say that, okay, even after the baby's born, we'll talk to the mother. It's between the doctors and the mother. And if it's convenient to keep the baby, we'll make the baby comfortable while we decide if it's going to survive or not. How far have we fallen in this country? But it's changing. It's changing. And many of these things, of these accusations, are coming back. So we need to be careful when we point the finger, because look, there's three pointing back at me, um, that these words have a way of coming back. And we need to be guarding our hearts, guarding our words more and more. So we can go to the next slide, please. Okay, and the next one. So this is a, a, a bridge to the, our promised land. Unju, uh, the great artist that does a lot of graphics for Morningstar, and we've been friends for a long time. She, um, the Lord has um, done something in her to, she likes my writing anyway, and she's agreed to do original graphics work for a book that I'm writing on. So pray that I can finish the book soon. So the next slide. I love this. This was uh, on Facebook the other day. William Booth, uh, founder of the Salvation Army. I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. I'm a move of God. You're a move of God. Okay, next slide. So the Lord has given us increasing strategic focus. We're very thankful. We love and honor Rick Joyner and Morningstar. We were so thankful for our time there. But last year, the Lord began speaking clearly about this time, and, and uh, in May particularly, that to focus on what he has us to do in missions and also with our schools of theology. And so we gave, gave notice. And so this is kind of our recent uh, crystallization of the focus is organic, experiential, relational, global community. People don't want to see the back of everybody's head in church. They want to know people. They want to relate to people. And so we see an increase in the growth of prayer groups and fellowship groups. And we're all called to stand boldly with courage for truth and righteousness. And as watchmen and prophetic declarations are made, revival and reformation will come. And as I mentioned earlier, that revival, I believe, has to start and be maintained in each of us, in our own lives, in our own Christian walk. And David, I'll share with you, remind me, Later, uh, we have a friend in Florida, Kevin Jessup, who heads up an international ministry. But he is a part of um, this advisory board that I'm also on called SaveThePersecutedChristians.org. And I recommend you to go there. They have a great news feed um, um, conglomeration page where you get news from around the world on the persecuted church of how to pray. Uh, but Kevin Jessup is lobbying, and he has a webpage. I don't remember the name right now, but I'll get it to you, of... Um, calling for a national day of repentance. Amen. And uh, they're working with um, Frank Gaffney uh, and General Boykin and working to get that in front of President Trump to call a national day of repentance, which can help bring 
a national, national revival. But without repentance, that's the foundation of, of change, of transformation and revival is repentance. Building the local church on a global scale. Just yesterday I was getting an email from a friend of ours who's a medical doctor but called into ministry. We ordained him a couple of years ago, David Joy, in Myanmar or Burma, as formerly called. He's working in the Eastern Shan State. When we were there with him in Tarchalek in the Golden Triangle um, two years ago, he took us to a graveyard full of tarps and tents, the, like the dark side of a tent city, uh, where all these drug addicts living in a graveyard. And they would go in there, and the laws are different in Myanmar than they are in America. So they would go in, and they would pray, and the Lord would show them who to grab, and they would kidnap that person and take him and put him in chains in their apartment rehab center that they had a few blocks away and help them go through detox and minister to them, lead them to the Lord. And so we met about 20 young men during worship at different times that we were there for a few days for a conference. And they were jumping and praising the Lord. And these were guys that had gone through um, withdrawals, through the pain, through the detox, through the healing, through the restoration, and walking in the fullness of their joy, worshiping the Lord over a period of time. And right after we left there, um, David sent an email. He said, oh, remember this brother um, who was um, like in a catatonic state? This guy was like a, a zombie drug addict, right? And so we saw him, and the others were ministered to him, and they were all praying for him regularly and helping him get weaned off of the addiction. And they said, um, brother... Um, Sasalu was downstairs doing some laundry or something, and he felt uh, the unction of the Holy Spirit. And he said, go upstairs. And he went upstairs, and that young man, the zombie, was just getting ready to jump out the window to kill himself. So here's the Holy Spirit telling him, go now. He grabs up there, grabs him halfway out the window, and saves his life and brings him back in. So get ready of how the Holy Spirit is going to use you in the days ahead. But we have to be ready. And oftentimes the Lord works in surprising ways that we think, oh, that's, you know, we think logically, but he's not logical. He's God. And we need to be prepared for how the wind of the Spirit will blow. So I was reading an email from David and yesterday, and he was doing a budget for a, a garage that they're working to train the younger generation, teens and youth in and disciple them. And in Myanmar, it's illegal for any sounds of a church or a Christian church to be heard outside, even across the parking lot. So soundproofing and air conditioning is required by law so that the Buddhist majority isn't bothered with any kind of Christian worship. So pray for that country and just remember how blessed we are here in this country that we don't have to deal with that. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, and this is one of those verses that's like a aha moment. You know, we've all read this many times. They're in the upper room, and they hear the rushing violet wind. And it reads, And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violet wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them. This is from the Amplified Version. 
And they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled. That is diffused. Diffused is the key word there. Diffused by the Holy Spirit through their whole being. And they began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak and clearly, speak out clearly and appropriately. And I looked in uh, Webster's 1828 dictionary, what diffused means, spread, dispersed, loose, flowing, wild. The Holy Spirit diffuses himself in us if we let him. So that we can be wild when necessary. It's times to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. But I pray right now and just release the gift of faith and the gift of boldness and courage and wildness that the Holy Spirit diffuses in us for the days ahead because the tameness and timidity and Fears that we had in the past are not going to work to help build the kingdom and prepare for the harvest that's coming. You're going to need to be wild in love, wild in your boldness, wild in your faith, to pray for the dead, to grow out the limbs that need to be replaced, to go up into heaven's warehouse and whoo, there's a new limb, there's a leg, there's eyesight for blindness, uh, for deaf being healed. All manner of things. I've talked to this couple that goes to India because you know, it's like, why are we called to India? And sometimes I question, Lord, why would you put India on my heart so much? But I've seen more miracles and supernatural things in India for some reason than anywhere else. For you, it, it could be different. It could be Cuba or Dominican Republic or Haiti. Uh, God has a place for each of us. And... Uh, Sometimes people ask me, what's my favorite nation? And it's really hard to pick. But I say, I do have a favorite planet. It's Earth. <laughs> so, so here we see the Holy Spirit diffusing in them. And so who's in there waiting, right? They, they started out 500, and then they ended up 120. And we're going to see this as in the last days, too, that... Just pray that we're one of those that keeps our lamps full of oil, that we're ready, that we're waiting. And it could be in a very a dark and evil time, but we're there now. What, how, how much is it going to get darker and more evil? But most likely it probably will. But how do we stand? How do we prepare ourselves? And you know the answer to that. It's through the word, through prayer, through surrender, through friends and developing Trusted relationships like you have here where you can call on each other when you're having a bad day or a rough time or, or an illness or a challenge, whatever it might be. That's normal life. we got to get used to that. We need to get over ourselves so that the Lord can prepare us. But it, it's often easier said than done. You know, we think one way about things, but then the, the spiritual or emotional reaction can be quite different. But here you had, who was there in the upper room? Well, let's look at Peter. Peter was there. A few months before that, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Would that cause a little PTSD for some people? <laughs> get behind me, Satan. And then he denied Jesus three times within a few hours. He said, no, 
No, I don't follow him. I don't know the man. I'm, he's not my Messiah. What would that, what's going on inside of him? I mean, we, we know. But my point is, when we surrender, when we're waiting on the Lord and the Holy Spirit shows up, and that's one of the keys. We don't want to miss the day of our visitation. It could happen in here on a Tuesday night or a Thursday morning or sometime when there's not many people here and you're going, where's everybody at? Am I the only one? But just like uh, with Elijah, you know, Elijah says, God, am I the only one? And the Lord said, yeah, you and 7,000 more. But it's in our prayer closets, it's in our corporate gatherings that we need to press in and be ready and continue. And so, they're in the upper room. The Holy Spirit diffuses everything. It's like when we're in His presence, He can melt away the hurts, the offenses, the trauma, the physical injuries that, uh, or ailments that people are having that can come through worship and through prayer and intercession. It's like as we allow Him to just diffuse and permeate every cell in our being, look what happened to Peter. Soon after that, he was able to go out and win 3,000 souls. So it's like, Lord, give us those encounters where we're dissipated and we're diffused with your Holy Spirit. And there's nothing left of us, and it's all him. And then we can go out wild in love, wild in faith, wild in courage, like Jesus did. And we can say, Mountain be removed and cast into the sea. And that we can trust the Lord enough to, to say, okay, John fourteen twelve, I received that for my life. And I'm expecting that by faith in my life. Lord, if, if I'm not ready, help me get ready. If there's something that I need to repent of, Lord, have mercy on me. Show me what I need to repent of. That I can be prepared. That I can be good soil for him to drop the full diffusement of his Holy Spirit oil in me, that whatever uh, my past is, that it's behind me, that I'm here, I'm refreshed and I'm invigorated, and I'm wild in love, and I can release that roar of the Lion of Judah like this. Let's stand up and do that. Okay, we're going to do it one time, so make it count. So Holy Spirit, just burn us up. Diffuse, infuse, impart with your fire and your love and your oil and take away the pain, the hurts, the trauma, sadness, disappointments, betrayals. Or just like we read in Philippians 3.10, that we would know the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ so that we, in order, that we would know the power of the resurrection. Lord, we receive by faith the resurrected life that we have in Jesus. And Lord, so we put those hindrances or whatever they were, even our perceptions of hindrances, whether they were right or unfounded, Lord, just erase the slate that it's a clean new day. You're just erasing, I see him just erasing the whiteboard. He's taking away our plans, our agendas. And he's writing down what he wants us to see. 
or new instructions, new marching orders, a new commissioning. So on the count of three, we're going to leave it behind and we're going to march forward in a martial array. Just as when the Hebrews were coming out of Egypt and they had Pharaoh's army behind them and the rushing Red Sea before them and the people cried out to God, to Moses, and said, Moses, go before your God and ask him what we're supposed to do. And Moses went to God and God said, this is in Exodus 3 and 4, I think. Moses goes to God and said, the people sent me up here. What are we supposed to do? And God said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Just go on. Lord, help us to go forward. Many of us know what to do. We prepared. The Word is in us. It's alive in us. We've been spectators too long. Lord, it is time for an activation and engagement of participation and cooperation in surrendering our lives to you, the wild Messiah. The wild Messiah who says, come, drop what you're doing and follow me. Drop it. Leave it behind. Don't make plans. Don't form a committee. Come and follow me. Why do you cry out? Just go forward. So on three, deep down in your belly, in your gut, let it out. This is a new time. One, two, three. Yes, Lord. Have your way. You may be seated. That was the introduction. You'll all be home by sundown. And in 2 Corinthians 2.4, Paul talks about, exhorts us, and David mentions it probably every week, and we need to mention it till it's part of us. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and his power, stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading them that we're preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's uh, time to leave rocket science to the engineers and to communicate the love and the fire and the passion and the freedom in the spirit that we have where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And it was so great to hear the sisters, several sisters talking about free, coming out of their prison, being healed and delivered. It's like the Lord wants to do that. There may be some more even in here now to be wanting to be free from the chains. So Lord, we just uh, speak to whatever chains may remain. And we say, Enough is enough. Whether it's a, a addiction or sorrow or addiction to crisis or or pain, Lord, that we're free, that we're we're whole, and it's by Your grace, Lord. And it, we may not see or feel it manifest all at once, instantly, but Lord, we believe You're able to do that and have Your way, Lord. As we get out of the way so that you can have your way. Lord, here we are. 
use us, prepare us, send us. And let's remember that every problem that we face in life, every trial, it automatically comes with a solution from God, a provision. This, he orders our steps of everything that's going on. He knows every trial. He, he knows when it's totally beyond our control. He knows when sometimes we still haven't learned and grown in, in wisdom and discernment. And it's self-inflicted, and we've done it to ourselves again that causes more pain. But Lord, increase our sensitivity, we pray, to your Holy Spirit, that we would, we would grow and gain, and we don't have to keep uh, going around the mountain, or we have to, don't have to go around the mountain 40 years on our way into the Promised Land. It's been an amazing, amazing year uh, for me. You know, I... I I died one time in the early 2000s on my way to Spain, and last year on uh, March 12th I died twice, and and God sent a general in his army, General Boykin, to be there to put his hounds down my throat. But I, they thought I was having a heart attack, but it was really bad food poisoning from eating in a Brazilian buffet restaurant. I love Brazilian buffet, but there was something in there that was really bad, and uh, Anna's good at researching, and the symptoms really looked like listeria. They took me to the hospital, I stayed eight hours, and they had a cardiologist see me, and they did EKG, and cardiologist said, your heart's fine, your heart's strong. I was dehydrated from the, the, uh, the food poisoning from the night before. And, but when those things happen, some of you may have had that happen to you in, in your own way, but it changes your perspective on things, of like, how... And why did the Lord spare me? And then what's my assignment now? It puts everything in a different light of how to make every day count. And so this is what we're doing, and this is where we are. And in early May, Bonnie Jones sent me a text about we need to get together. I said, sure. So I met with her the next day. And she said, George, do you remember when Bob gave you a word and it was in 2013, the year before he passed away. And I said, yeah, I remember the word. I don't remember the exact day. But she did. She had it in her journal. She said it was September 8th, 2013. She said, and I remember Bob sitting at the table between the two services at Morningstar saying that the Lord was going to amplify George's voice in the Middle East and the Mediterranean and that those that would cooperate or partner with me would also prosper. And I said, yeah, I remember that word. She said what she saw in her notes that she hadn't told me before, and of course Bob, this was in September, and Bob passed away in February, and was that that was Bob Jones' last intense trance, was that word for me in the Middle East. So it's like, Lord, help me to understand and to obey what you're calling us to do. It was interesting just this morning out in the coffee bar, in the Missions Cafe, I get getting a text from Farzad, um, who has four refugee camps in Syria that we help support. We've helped uh, ship a, a hospital container down that delivers babies. So they've delivered about 50 babies in the last couple of years. And you guys could go there and and help them. And uh, uh, they deliver a lot of babies, and 
And also, we help ship in bakery equipment that can make um, 20 tons of bread every single day. And at times, they feed 35,000-plus people a day. We were hoping Farzad would be able to be here for the uh, missions weekend, uh, March 22nd and 3rd, but his visa was denied. So pray for his visa. We do have Osmani coming from Cuba around March 11th or 12th, so... I'll keep you posted. They don't, he doesn't have his airfare booked yet, but he's working on it. But last year, Osmani's team, you know, we have 132 students in our School of Theology in Cuba in four different campuses, and it's led by Osmani, and then Ramon and Maida. David has met all of them. Another friend from Charlotte is down with Ramon and Maida this weekend. Osmani's in Dominican Republic this weekend for a week. Um, but they had 32,000 salvations in Cuba in a Marxist communist country uh, last year. And uh, we need to send those new politicians to Venezuela, I think, for a field trip. <laughs> Sorry. Focus, focus. <laughs> but Lord, help us see what's going on. And it's like not repeat the dumb mistakes of the past. So we pray for Israel and we help the persecuted church. To, you know, CMM is so blessed with many people under our big umbrella around the world. Do you know that we have a couple that lives in Jerusalem, Jeremiah and Devorah, and in the last couple of years they have rescued 1,000 Jews from France and helped them resettle, make Aliyah to Israel. And more than 1,000 from Germany and more than 1,000 Jews from Ukraine each back to Israel. And then they shared Jesus with them. And there was a resettlement camp up in near Haifa in northern Israel that's full to capacity. So right now, no more uh, Jews of the lost tribes around the world can make Aliyah to Israel because there's no place for them to stay. So we're working at raising funds and buying some land in the south of Israel uh, near the Dead Sea. So pray for them. And we work with... Uh, uh, back to Jerusalem teams all across the 1040 window and, and Farzad. And we have people in Turkey and south of France and Cyprus and Greece that work with uh, refugees. And we just got uh, CMM approved legally set up in Canada with about six months ago. And it's in process of Italy being registered in Italy to help minister to refugees there in Italy and also to drug addicts in Italy. So almost every week there's a new church being planted somewhere um, in the world with our pastors and, and missionaries and evangelists. But the one thing that they're longing for, and Anna can tell you, you know, every morning, seven days a week, <clears throat> I'm on my laptop or making uh, Skype or Zoom calls or WhatsApp calls or, or text with people. And they're, you know, we have many teachers, but not many fathers around the world. And no matter, particularly as you get older, you have more wisdom and maturity to share. Both men and women can be mother, uh, women mothers and uh, guys, spiritual fathers to people that you can speak into their life and help them avoid mistakes that we might have made in our own lives. They're looking for that. 
So there's plenty of work for everybody to do. We're looking for more volunteers. We thank you for the prophetic teams up here and Linda Neal that helps oversee that to, to do that. We have people waiting continually for prophetic words, encouragement, uh, other teams of intercessors that you can pray. If you want to be on our intercession list, just contact me and we'll add you to them. Um, so we are expanding revelational and engaging Christian education and character. Um, we have more students than ever before. We've graduated over 500 and, or 600 students in the last 12 years from our school of theology. Um, Dr. David White got his degree from our school. Joni Ames, uh, Eugene Bach that will be here in March is getting his degree from our school. So it's ideal for working in family people because it's one night a week and a lot of the work is independent study. And a lot of people will say, well, why do I need to go to a theology school? Well, you just have to ask the Lord. But if you're looking for the, the relational, equipping, activational part of studying what the Word says, studying what theologians say, and then going to the Holy Spirit for the rhema word that he's speaking to you in your own life of how that lines up. And so just pray about that and, and go to our website and find out more. And we're raising up apostolic prophetic hubs of refuge and training and release, equipping nationals. A lot of what we do is, is work with the people who were born in that country that know the culture, that speak the language and understand what's necessary to do so that we're not just training Americans on how to live in, in some other culture. Americans can go there to speak and train and, and do um, temporary training, but the goal is long-term um, equipping of those that live there that know the culture. And expand the gospel behind enemy lines. About eight years ago now, the Lord spoke very clearly to me about there's no place on earth that we can't go if we obey the Holy Spirit and go in his timing. And working with uh, nationals and people like, like Chinese can go into Iran or, or Syria where it would be difficult for me. Although if the Lord told me to go, I would go. I'd have invitations to go, but I'd have to hear from the Lord to go to those places. But through friends working as the body with Jesus as the head, there's an army that's mobilizing and going. You know, we have friends in Colombia South America, and because Hispanics skin, you know, if they put, if women, Hispanic women put on a shawl, they can look like a Muslim. And so they train for years, but they have sent out over 15,000 men and women into dangerous Muslim countries to start businesses, coffee shops, bakeries, and doing friendship evangelism. So we're tired of, of the old ways that don't work. We want the old ways that are always tried and true, you know, like God's Word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But man's methods and man's techniques need to stay fresh and relevant and fluid and able to adapt to the times that we're in, and it's rapidly changing. The world one year from now won't be recognizable to today, so be prepared. Rick Joyner wrote, possibly the main reason why the church has repelled so many people is because of our historic tendency to emphasize doctrine instead of life. Certainly we must love the truth and want to have sound biblical doctrine, but having the doctrine without the life only makes us hypocrites. 
The truth is the world has plenty of evidence that very few Christians really believe what they preach because if they really believed it, they would live differently. If we want Wilkesboro to be on fire and revival to come, we need to stand out somehow and not in a showy, pretentious way, but in ways of humility, in ways of our life, in service of we, we can feed 500 families in, in May, uh, the canned goods and share the gospel of Jesus. That's showing them, hey, there's a better way. There's another way. There's strangers that love you because God loves you. And we love the Lord and we do what he says. And so we're here to feed you, to love on you, to help around the house and do what needs to be done to see your life changed and improved. Oh, I want to share a testimony. This came in like Wednesday or Thursday last week. We get them every few days, but this is just from the last few days from Farzad in the, in the Middle East. One of his assistants said it. So they were in the medical center and pray about this uh, missionary training center that we're working on in Kobani, Syria. The mayor of the town, who's a Muslim, knows Farzad is a Christian and a former Muslim, but he said, because you care I'm giving you land. So they, they gave him land a few years ago to build a church. So they have a church there. Then he gave him some new land, larger piece of land, to build a missions training center, a uh, school, and also a clinic and dorm rooms for visiting teams like we may go there someday. And so they have a medical clinic near where their first property was, near the church. And a Muslim doctor was operating on a boy about eight years old, and the boy died, and the doctor declared him dead. Time of death, you know, 842. They write it down. The doctor says, nurses, take him away. Well, the nurses are all Christians. The nurses say, no, God's not done yet. And they go to pray for that boy after he's declared dead, and he comes back to life. Well, the doctor, the Muslim doctor, gives his heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. Seeing a miracle is, is better than hearing about, do you want to give your heart to Jesus? Let me show you Jesus. And so the Muslim doctor gives his heart to the Lord, and then now the nurses and the doctor all pray for every patient. And they share regularly of, of many Muslims having visions of Jesus. There's still resistance, but it's increasing. But... We need to toughen up. We need to get over ourselves for the days ahead and say, Lord, what do I have to do to, by faith, please you, God? Every morning when I get up, Lord, I want to please you by faith today. I want to bring joy to your heart every day. I love you, Jesus. And I want to love you more, Jesus. You know, in, in, uh, I think it was Don Potter that said only one time in the whole Bible or one time in the Old Testament did someone say they loved the Lord, and that was David. So just say it. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I'm yours. Take me. You guys follow Jeremiah Johnson, right? And so this was uh, just a few days ago. Pioneers, you will be attacked. You're pioneers up here. Sometimes it may get a little lonely or isolated, but 
what a blessing it is that you have the community of believers that, that do gather here and connect and meet and support each other. But Jeremiah Johnson said, As a pioneer, you cannot do the will of God without challenging the way things have always been and causing catalytic changes in the body of Christ. This will inevitably cause many to stumble, scoff, criticize, and falsely accuse you. Can anybody relate? Can anybody not relate? <laughs> so, hey, who cares? What can man do to me? Lord, show me your ways. Take me up on your mountain and teach me your path, your ways, Lord. And let me bring joy to your heart. Every day. So how many want to be pleasing to the Lord? Amen. So let's do some activations and we'll close in prayer. And if you want to um, do things in a wild way, in a new way, in all in obedience and according to the structure and the order of the house, and you want to receive an impartation for boldness and faith and courage, and a, and a burning passion for souls. Come on up and we'll pray. Lord God, send us. Here we are, Father. There's people dying and going to hell. Lord, show us, even in, in visions, what, what that is to be all alone, not to know you, Lord. Let us leave the 99 when needed and go after the one. That we could wrap our arms around him and be like a Mother Teresa. Lord, we would go and hug a a leper or somebody with AIDS or some disease. Father, Lord, your word says if we've done one sin, we've done them all. And Lord, you're no respecter of persons. And help us to see what you see in others. Father, Help us not to see by uh, prejudices or, or bigotry or any kind of racism. We know, Lord, you hate racism. And, Father, help us to, to see what you see. Lord, every day we pray, Lord, help us to see what you see in others. And, Lord, give us uh, words, prophetic words, impressions, um, signs of hope that we can release life and faith into those that are hurting and downtrodden, Lord, that are broken. For this life is not easy, Lord, but you call us as messengers of light, messengers of fire, and ministers of reconciliation, Lord, that we can bring families together, we can bring lives to a point of restoration and wholeness. And Lord, you're amazing at how you work a lot of times when we're hurting, when we pour ourselves out and we give and we volunteer, you bring healing to us. Lord, your word says in Psalm 110.3 that in the day of your power, you'll release the volunteers and they'll have the dew of their youth. Father, we thank you for the army of volunteers to help with the food drives, to help with uh, praying, interceding, prophetic teams, um, deacons, chairs, groundskeepers, janitors, whatever is needed to be done. Lord, you're... You call forth the apostolic generation. Father, I remember Jim Murphy, a lifetime of missionary, said his definition of an apostolic person was someone that's, anyone that's willing to do whatever it takes to advance the kingdom at the time, including cleaning toilets. Lord, 
we just release a humble anointing, Lord, that it's only by your grace that we're saved. It's only by your grace that we're saved, Lord, that we come humbly before the throne of grace and boldly before the throne of grace to receive help in time of need. And Father, give us that increasing fire for evangelism, for souls. Lord, that we wouldn't go home, we wouldn't leave the store. If there was somebody that you put on our hearts, Lord, that we would instantly obey and we would go up. And Lord, your word says that if we open our mouth, you will fill it. Lord, that you'll give us the words, the heart, or even the hug to say, the Lord told me to just tell you how much he loves you. Can I give you a hug? People are waiting for hugs. They're waiting for encouragement. They're waiting for a smile. Lord, here we are. Use us. We just surrender. Just wreck us. Wreck our lives, Lord, and turn the tables over, Lord, that we would not be focused on anything but worshiping you, God, and being obedient to you, Lord. And give us eyes to see with fresh revelation your word that when we read something like Jesus you, you say you have heard it said but now I say the lights would go off the bells would ring aha Lord we ask for cathartic life changing life transforming moments of encounters of truth of wisdom of revelation of restoration and eternal life Lord, we release life vitality, divine health now in each one, Lord. That it's this new day you've cleaned our slate. You've cleaned our clocks. <laughs> he's cleaning our clocks. So he's making time. He gives us all the time we need to accomplish what he created us for. That you, you expand time when needed, Lord. That you Give us a, a passion and a love and uh, I see a tuning fork of our lives being realigned with you, Lord, right now with the, with the vibrations of heaven. You're retuning us. Lord, that, that we'll learn to say no to what's not of your heart and that you'll give us the time, even increasing time, an expansion of time to do what is on your heart, what brings joy to your heart, Father. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for the seven spirits of God. Now, sweep over us. Breathe on us with fresh wind, fresh hope. Take away the, the remembrances of the, the trials, or it's not worth it, or it's too much trouble. Lord, just erase that part of our memories, Father. We'd have this childlike faith and eyes of faith. Help us to see what you see. And maybe even right now as, as you're standing around those, maybe look for someone you don't know so well and go to them and give them a word of encouragement and ask them if you can lay hands on them and pray with them. Releasing the body, it's a time for the body to rise up, that you're all leaders. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a missionary, you're a minister, you're called to do the works. The works of the Father is to believe, 
and that you'd have a fresh outlook, a fresh revelation, a fresh spotlight on believing the way the Lord created you to believe. That nothing is impossible with you, Lord. Nothing is impossible with you. I see new business ideas being formed, new ventures and entrepreneurial spirit being released of partnerships and unions to advance the kingdom. Lord, in ministry and missions and evangelism, the the water is free, but the pipes are expensive. And Father, help us to pay for the pipes to get the work done of your ministry. Lord, we call in just favor and grace and mercy. We call in grants and inheritances, refunds, overpayments, <coughs> hidden shoe boxes, like my wife has somewhere. We thank you, Lord, for money just being coming to our mailboxes, coming to our mail slots, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you for everything is covered. We thank you for the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Lord, that we can, we can step out of this time, we can step into eternity, and we can see the completed work that you desire for us, Lord, that you you invite us to come up and see what you see. And we have this great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. And Hebrews 11, 37 to 40, in the Heroes of the Faith chapter, there were some that were burned and sawn in two, crucified, even crucified upside down. But in verse 37, Lord, these heroes of the faith died in the desert. Many were unworthy of the world. Lord, but you said that you had something better for us, that apart from them, apart from us, they would not see their promises fulfilled. Lord, that the, the promises of, of Daniel, of, of David, of Moses, of Abraham, Lord, that our great cloud of witnesses is cheering us on, that we would be bold, we would be wild in this diffused love impartation, pouring an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we'd be transformed that we wouldn't be a weak or cowardice or dwelling on the past but we would be like Peter we could go out and win 3,000 souls in a day Father heal us and just overshadow us with your Holy Spirit and infuse us and diffuse the things that are not of you Lord that we are cleansed and we are whole by faith that it's all by your grace, Lord, and it's not of works, lest any man should boast, that we can walk in this fullness of joy, that we can do that today, Lord, with hearts full of thanksgiving, with boldness to say, Lord and Master, what would you have me to do today? Thank you, Lord. We pray for this revival to spread out of here across Wilkes County, Lord. Pray for each service, each prayer meeting, each planning meeting. Father, anoint it all, Lord, as this, as this builds and accelerates and expands out of your light shining forth. Hearts changed, hearts melted, hearts wrecked for Jesus Christ, Lord. <laughs>